Fort Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Sports Charlotte. I'm your host, Ashley Mahoney, and today we have a first-time guest with us, North Carolina Head Coach Paul Riley. Paul, thank you so much for joining me today. Anytime. Glad to be here. Well, it's been, you know, not quite a year since, you know, we had a, a nice chat about Crystal Dunn and her success with the national team last year winning the World Cup. And it seems like just yesterday we were talking about that, having the team here playing at Bank of America Stadium, but so much has happened in the last nine, ten months. It seems like we're living in a different world almost. So let's let's dive right into it. You are currently on the uh, heels of an announcement about uh, contract extensions with the club. Talk to us a bit about that process and the decision that, you know, this is where you want to stay, this is where you want to continue to build as a head coach. Yeah, I think uh, obviously... You know, five years is quite long. One year in Buffalo and four years in, in Carolina. Um, but it's hard to leave a team <laughs> like this. You know, when we started with them, they were 22 years old. Most of them, most of them are 27 now. So I feel like the team's got another couple of years left in them yet. And I think we wanted to stay together as a group. I think there were a lot of them made decisions to stay and sign long-term contracts. And really that was the push for me to sign a long-term contract, to be perfectly honest with you. I think if everybody wanted to change and wanted something different, then maybe that would have been the same for me. But it's been a great club. We've got great ownership and uh, we got a great fan base here in Carolina. And I think first to stay we've been decently successful obviously the team so I think it's important that we can keep the group together and you know everybody's on the two, at least two year contracts at this point uh, so yeah I'm looking forward for another two years and then we'll see what brings after that I mean obviously there's some great options in Europe and there's some great options in the States too but it's a special club it's a special group of players and I think anytime you get a special group and I've, I've called them a lot one, one you know once in a lifetime type team so I think I think you've got to take it all away give it your best shot and then if you know, if we get bored after a year, then we think about it. But I think we've, we've, we've got enough respect for each other and we want to achieve more things. I think we're still not where we would like to be. I still think we can improve and be even better. So that's our goal and that's every player's goal. And a lot of them want, them, want to make their national teams, whether it be the US or whether they're from Ireland or other countries. And they want to get on their national teams. And, you know, our, our job is to provide an environment where they can. And that's the ultimate goal of those guys and the entire staff is to make sure that we have the best place to train, the best environment and the culture second to on and you know hopefully they can dangle a carrot at the national team for all the US players for sure. You participated in what uh, a lot of people would call you know, the the relaunch of sports in this country amid COVID nineteen with the the earlier competition this spring, but now you're looking toward a fall season that starts on September fifth. And again, I, I can't believe that you know our paper comes out every Thursday, and today was our last August edition. So the next one will be September 3rd, and two days after that, on September 5th, things will begin for the end of the game. You're playing in the South alongside Orlando Pride and Houston Bash. Talk to me a bit about, you know, the preparation that's going into preparing for that competition after, you know, a really unique 2020 so far, and we're, we're still not done with it, but it has certainly been a unique year. Yeah, listen, the Challenge Cup is great. 
uh, because it was cup games, and I think players need cup games to to improve the pressure of having to win the game uh, is good. So cup ties are good. But at the end of the day, you can only be a champion if you can get through 24 to 26 games in a full season. You know, that's a true champion to me. Um, and so we're building for next year. We look at next year as the most important part, 21. Uh, the full series is great for us. We get to play some younger players. Um, we get to play against two very good sides, and obviously we get some home games, which we haven't played yet. Um, I think the team's excited. I do think you need an end game anytime you're training so I, I, w- I was really happy to be honest with you to get the news that we're going to play some games and it just adds a little bit of bite to practice and you need to have bite in practice you can't compete in practice you can't improve and so now that we have that we have games coming up I think the fourth series will be fun it's two home games two away games um, we'd like more games but obviously with all everything going on in the world it, it is what it is but the team's training unbelievable we've had two great weeks of pre-season already getting ready our third pre-season I'll have you know um, but it's not a, these aren't cup games like the Challenge Cup uh, so I like that experience, but um, you know the Challenge Cup we won four games. Uh, I think we won the most games there, and we got knocked out in the quarterfinals. So I think it's good for us. Houston won it, and that's who we're playing. I think that's a good little uh, thing for us to, to look forward to to play. And obviously we sent a lot of players on loan to Europe and to other places. And, uh, so I think we, you know, our, our squad isn't as deep as it normally is. But you know that that's the exciting part about it. You know, being able to, to have some fresh faces, fresh looks, and we've changed a lot of things around. Been working on individual player programs, uh, working on different formations, and just doing some things a little bit differently this time, just because it is the third preseason that we've had. And you know, we've got six, seven weeks together. Um, before we start preparing for 2021 and uh, that's all we're doing really and if we thought it was better for players to go on loan for 2021 we put them on loan if we thought it better they stayed with us we put them, we stayed with, we kept them with us so I think it's whatever suited the players that's the most important piece is the player and getting the most out of the player and the most development opportunities for the player so yeah we're looking forward to it looking forward to competition obviously when, you, when you're in a professional atmosphere you want competition no matter where it is and, uh, and, and we're excited for that looking forward to it not only has this year been unique because you're dealing with the pandemic and juggling multiple pre-seasons, but there's also the heightened attention towards social justice, particularly yesterday with the Milwaukee Bucks sparking a, a fire, if you will, across professional sports as saying, you know, not deciding not to play and rather placing the emphasis on social justice. And I know that players, whether they are currently with the club or they've gone on, for instance, Sam Lewis, but they've called a great deal of attention towards social justice over the last several months. Is that something that you've had a chance to discuss with the team over the last 24 hours or so? Is that something that you'll have a chance to speak with them today about? Yeah, to be honest with you, we haven't spoke about it today. Obviously, we have been speaking about it a lot, especially prior to Utah and in Utah and post-Utah. Um, but we haven't spoken about it this morning, to be honest with you. It only happened last night. and We went straight into practice this morning. We have a second practice this afternoon. Uh, but we'll probably address it tomorrow. Um, I think it's important. These players have, have big voices and are big role models in society. And um, you know, a lot of them understand uh, what's going on in, in, in society and uh, I've been to be honest with you I've been a great listener for them because I want to find out about this stuff you know it's I can't answer those questions sometimes and they can answer the questions and they do know the inequality of life and, and, and I want to hear from them because I think it opens my eyes and then I can open up the people's eyes so that's kind of what the conversation's been had and it's been really educational for me I have to be honest with you over the next couple of months and over the last couple of months with Lynn Williams and Crystal Dunn and Jess McDonald and, and, and all the team participate 
communicating and collaborating and talking about social justice. And we don't want it to stop. I don't think it's something where it just turn the tap on and turn the tap off, you know. And I think uh, you know, Bill Russell of 1961, I think it was the last time a game wasn't played up until last night, you know, for the, uh, social injustice. So we haven't come that far, I guess, in 50 years. So it's, I think it's important that we continue the discussions about it uh, and players are at the forefront of those discussions. And we certainly will as a team uh, discuss it and continue to discuss. I don't think it's you know, comes into conversation, goes out of conversation. I think it has to be in conversation. And the team's been great in all fairness, and we talk about these things, and we're an open group. Uh, I think we've always had a, a nurturing type of atmosphere where you can say whatever you want. Um, you can ask whatever question you want. You can collaborate on whatever you want. And I think that's the focus of a good team, and we'll continue to do that both from a social point of view and from a soccer point perspective. In addition to that, you mentioned players like Lynn Williams, Jeff McDonald, and seeing their contract extensions. What about them made you say, you know, these are players that need to be signed and they need to they need to have a longer future here with the church? Yeah, I mean, I've been with Jess for a long time. I had Jess in Portland and in Buffalo and then obviously down here. And Jess has, has impacted the club enormously, not just on the field but off the field. But she's improved dramatically on the field. And it's like a good wine. She's just getting better and better. And obviously, you've got to call up to the national team. And I think her intelligence level is really good as a forward. She knows how to run. She's savvy. Um good on the ball, but she obviously is explosive, great around the net, knows how to run the penalty box. So she's had a lot of layers to her game, and I think it was important. And, you know, it's funny because people say, oh, she's reached 30, you know, she's going to slow down, but she actually hasn't slowed down. She's got stronger, better, more intelligent on the field, great leader uh, for the group, both in the locker room and outside. And, uh, yeah, what an improvement. Lynn Williams, and I'm glad Jess has signed a new contract. Lynn Williams, it was really important for the club to get a new contract. Lynn's... Uh, uh, it, it, the way she's involved has been unbelievable for me, and it's, it's been uh, massive. It's not, I couldn't say a small improvement. She's continued to improve. She's got a call to the national team now, and I think she adds some pieces. She's the best player uh, in the league at stretching teams, but she's become a player that can now receive balls underneath teams. She can go behind if she wants to go behind. She can run lines if she wants to run lines. Uh, again, another player that's improved technically, uh, working on a, a finishing, which I think she would agree is the one place that we want to get her better. We want the game to slow down for her, and she's got a mindset which is unbelievable for me. And uh, to have the two of them back, I mean, they're fierce together, and uh, they're great friends, obviously, off the field as well. And, and they've been fantastic with our younger players too. And, and Lynn's got a great future. I think Lynn will, will play in the next Olympics, will play in the next World Cup. And to have her under contract for three more years makes my life a little bit easier, that's for sure. And uh, we've done it with the Binia too. The Binia's under a long-term contract, so we'll just signed a contract. Uh, so we're making sure everybody's under contracts. And, um, you know, we want to keep the group together. It's an exciting group. And Lynn and, and Jess have been obviously a focal point of that group for the last four years. And, you know, uh, when I first met them in Buffalo, or first met Lynn in Buffalo, she was, you know, 22 years old. And it's, it's a meteoric rise for me and to watch their game improve so much. And I'm hoping they can continue. I think just, there's still plenty of room for improvement. Uh, there's no ceiling for these two. So don't bet against Jess for the next World Cup either in three, four years. You know, I think she might have a chance there too. So I just want to keep them improving, keep getting in the environment where they can. And that's really our main goal. And I know that, you know, Jess has been involved with the local uh, women's soccer program here in Charlotte, one of the local programs here in Charlotte, the Charlotte 49ers during this interim. And just speaking with that program, you know, about her experiences and the struggles that she's had to overcome. I mean, when you talk about fighting for what you want and just the epitome of perseverance, I don't know if you can go any further than Jess McDonald. What about her story? And like you said, you know, just refusing to slow down even though she's 30. What about her story just makes not just women, but people who are pursuing something say, you know what, 
go for, go for it. Just you may have that point, like whether it's injury, whatever it happens to be, and just say, all right, maybe it's time to step away. And she just she kept going, and now she's not only a league winner, she's a world champion. I think it's funny because people talk about the journey woman of soccer and Jess is one of them. You know, she's been around a lot of clubs and she's found a home with us for, uh, with me for the last seven years, but uh, certainly with this club for the last five years. And, um, you know, we, we talk about moral based values and things like being, you know, engaging and caring and selfish and appreciative and uh, patient and respectful and Jess ticks all the boxes. And then you talk about performance based, you talk about being hardworking and competitive and resilient and positive and focused and uh, accountable and enthusiastic. And she ticks all those boxes. And, um, you know, she's invested a lot into her, her own self, I think. Um, she does a lot outside of the game for everybody. She's the only soccer mom on the team. So you've got to give her credit for that too. Uh, but she's invested in what we're doing and she's invested. She's made other people be accountable and other people invest in what she's done. Uh, and I give probably Jess more credit than any other player on the team for what she's come through. A lot of injuries. Um, you know, having a baby young, having been able to bring a kid through this league is not easy. Uh, you know, I go home and I get to go to the pool and relax in the afternoons and she's going home to play with her kids, you know, which is brilliant for her. But, you know, she's got a fantastic mentality. And, uh, you know, when you embrace the organization's core values, I always say Jess brings a lot of core values to the group. And whether they're moral-based or performance-based, she understands what it's like to be a professional. And I think the one thing out of everything that she's improved on, uh, you know, since I knew her in Portland five, six, seven years ago, is is a uh, is a mentality and a mental state and and a mental strength and what she adds to other players on the team. I think sometimes as you get older, you realise it's not just about you. It's about other people. And the better you make other people around you, the better you're going to be. And she's been able to do that. And uh, yeah, what I mean, what a player, what a person Jess is. And if, if you can get. And I said to any college, if you can get her to do a Zoom call with any college or any youth team or anything, she's the one to grab all of them. She's got a great story. It's a, fa- a fabulous story. And it, I hope for her, you know, that it can end with an Olympics or a World Cup. That would be fantastic. She's already got a World Cup, but Olympics would be an amazing finish for her. And you might, might, I wouldn't count her after the next uh, World Cup, as I said before. She has a true belonging in North Carolina. She played here, obviously in college too. So I think she'll spend the rest of her life here and she's got a lot to add to the community too. We've spoken toward you and some of the veterans and the leaders on the team, but tell us a bit about some of the younger players. Is there anyone who's stood out particularly during the Cup or anyone who can make a big splash over the next you know, couple of months in the upcoming 18 matches? Yeah, I think that the most important thing was, was the main challenge, right? We got a new challenge on our hands. We got, we're missing, you know, 10 players from the roster. They've gone abroad. Uh, and so these younger players have a, a fantastic opportunity. And I think Laura Millet, Who's, who's, a, who's a player we drafted two years ago? She's really come into her own, and I think having Dabinho as a probably the best midfielder in the in the world in the ten position, having her to look at and, and you know I told her just keep watching everything she does, how she moves, how she's she's so good in space, how she finds space, how she manipulates space, and how good she is on the ball, and how her runs on behind back fours, and, and so Lauren's been really a major piece for us in this in this funny season that we've had in 2020 uh, but she's been great and Addie Merrick is another one of our draft picks from last summer uh, from last year sorry in, in February and she's been fabulous too for us came in played every game um, when we were away in Utah and is a bona fide starter for us and I think she was the 28th pick in the draft so you know these players are important to come to the draft and I think she's really developing nicely and, and again Addie will be a massive piece for us I think Carrie Ricaro deserves a mention she's a journey woman in the, in the league too played in Houston but has come here and developed the game and 
as another player to me that, that's going to get this opportunity to play in the six without Sullivan and Sam Ewers being around and she'll do well for us and she's got all the ingredients of a fabulous midfielder and again another player's good leadership qualities and not a young player played for me when she was a young lady and uh, I think she's She's added a lot of pieces to her and we try to get him out of the comfort zone with some formation changes and I think that's good for everybody. Uh, the goalkeeping competition is really good. We've got three great goalkeepers that are pushing each other and, you know, Haley, uh, Harbison's coming off an ACL injury and, uh, Utah came a bit early for her but now she's in really good form and I expect her to play in the full series and a shout out to Ryan Williams too, uh, you know, who's a, a fullback for us who, again, another draft, the last pick in the draft and, you know, her and Hamilton are the only two last picks in the draft that are still in the league. Uh, and they were both the last picks in the draft. And, and Kristen Hamilton's a bona fide starter for us. And playing, she'll play every minute probably in the, in the full series. And Ryan Williams too. She's been exceptional in preseason. So, yeah, I'm delighted. No offense. And it, it, everything we ask of them, they give us. And we've asked them to improve their games. Uh, you know, and uh, that's the important part of it. And that's the only important part. And uh, marginal gains in every piece of of game they have will make them better players and that's their goal get those little bit of improvements marginal gains and, and improve your game and you know at the end of this six weeks when we look back at our player improvement program how, how much better have you got because 2021 is just around the corner and hopefully we'll have a season hopefully there'll be something that uh, we've all got our comfort zones during this year I mean 2020 will be celebrated the demise of 2020 to get out of here and get to 2021 and that's 2021 better but we've, you know, we've, we've focused on a lot of different things we've got a good mission I think in, inside the club with our identity and um, you know, self-esteem for the players is important and you know there's been a, a tough mental year for a lot of these players but they've been hanging in there and they've been really focused on just general improvements and and, and we have, we're a traditional club. We have a lot of traditions that we've, we've gained over these last four years and keep those traditions and, and add traditions to them, add things to, add layers to our game, both on and off the field. And that's what I want them to do. And that's what they've really been doing, to be honest with you. Well, last but certainly not least, before I let you head off to training, tell me about your favorite among those traditions that have developed over the last few years. Um, yeah, I mean, you're better off asking them. Some they like, some they don't like. It's a hardworking team and, um, I say all along, players don't decide their futures, they decide their habits and their habits decide their futures. Um, and they've all got amazing habits and I think the accountability of the group is probably the most important thing that we bring and, um, the locker room's an important place, you know, and you know, we don't have the luxury that some of these great clubs in the world have, Manchester City and, and Liverpool and teams like this, but there's something special in the locker room and I think that's the most important part. Uh, but tradition, we always tell a joke before practice, you have to start practice with a joke. And, uh, as simple as something, you might laugh at that, but it, it's just something that breaks the ice and gets everybody ready to play. And, um, yeah, I, I just think we've, we've really done a lot of great things. Uh, you know, um, when we go away from home, you know, with Panera and pancakes has always been our big thing when we've been on the road. It's an important ingredient. You know, in the old days, we used to, I used to pick the menu, chicken, rice, and all that rubbish, you know, and now we've come down to letting players eat what they want to eat. You know, they understand what it's like to be a good professional because we've had them for so long. They've all become great professionals, man. They've really, uh, learned and, expanded the horizons and you know when they said they want Panera and pancakes who am I to argue with that you kidding me I ordered the chicken noodle soup get a sandwich and off we go you know and that's what our pre-games uh, turned into and you know the last two years I think we've lost four or five away games out of you know 28 or something like that so we've become good on the road and that was something that we changed a couple of years back and you know, we can still make great changes. You know, I want to make changes while we're on top, not while we're, we're sliding. So it's important we make the changes and become even better. And if that's food, if that's medical, if that's equipment, if that's 
field conditions, if that's coaching staff, if that's anything, we'll make those changes and try and give them an opportunity to be better and use the tools that we've got in our environment. And before I let you go, say sir, every practice with a jerk, who is Always. the best jokester on the team? Yeah, I've got a good joke. Our joke this morning was, uh, you know, why don't why don't fish put the why don't fish go to basketball? Oh gosh, I don't know. Because they can't get near. They don't want to get near the net. Um, that's a good. That is a perfect one to end on. They know. Hey, you have to rush on. <laughs> I really appreciate you taking time to join us on your very first episode of Sports Charlotte. We will have to do it again soon. Much success with the upcoming season. And hopefully, once everything is over with this pandemic, we'll be able to make that trip up 85 or 40 or however you get from Charlotte to Cary. We'll yeah. Make it Come in. on up. Yes. Listen, we, represent, we represent North Carolina, not just rally. We represent North Carolina. We want everyone in North Carolina to love our team. So get everybody to come and watch. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Stay safe, everybody. Likewise. Appreciate you, Coach. Sport Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.